Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard, all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. Let all mortal flesh keep silence, and with fear... And trembling stand. This is an apt description of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. The verses that were read earlier as we lit the Christ candle. Let me read them to you again. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. You see, the story begins with the shepherds in silence, trembling in fear. But the story doesn't end that way. They don't remain silent. The story ends with them speaking to anyone who will listen. The story ends with them noisily praising God with abundant joy. What changed? What moved them from silence to speech? They received and responded to an invitation to meet someone significant. Someone asked me last year, Travis, what are your Christmas Eve traditions? And I I paused to think about it. And I wasn't really sure what to say. And I said, well, I guess my Christmas Eve tradition is to help other people experience their Christmas Eve traditions. I don't really get to do anything else. So I hope you're enjoying some of your Christmas Eve traditions. (laughs) But I do have an early morning Christmas tradition 
that not many people know about. It's after the 11 o'clock service that ends right around 12.01, 12.02. If it gets to 12.05, even I'm falling asleep up here. After a little bit of fellowship in the main foyer, when the, when the church is finally empty and I'm getting in my car and heading home, I stop at the 7-Eleven right there at Five Forks, and I go in and I buy a Danish. <laughs> Some people like Christmas ham. Some people like Christmas turkey. For me, it's Christmas Danish or nothing. Now, if you're wondering if you can join me in this tradition later on, you can't. This is my tradition. I'm helping you with your traditions now. I take my Danish back to my car. I roll all my windows down, and I drive home no matter how cold it is, and I eat my Danish just listening to the silence of the world and the wonder of Jesus coming. So let me take you back 365 days exactly to my Christmas Danish run last year. I go into the 7-Eleven right there at Five Forks and Route 5. I'm picking out my Danish, and in walks a man. I said, it's a Christmas miracle because it was Santa Claus. He walked right into the 7-Eleven, this guy. Here he is, right there. That's him. I thought, there he is, Santa Claus. You're not allowed to have the Danish with me, but if Santa Claus wants to come and have the Danish with me, he can. So here he is. Rich actually came with me after the service. Here's Rich. We all wanted to get some. Rich is one of the associate pastors here. We all wanted to get our picture with Santa Claus. Santa, Santa can I buy you a Danish? He said, I, I'm not Santa. He said, but I, I am someone you might want to meet. I said, really? You're someone I might want to meet? I said, yeah. He said, yeah. And he, he grabbed a Virginia Gazette, our little local Williamsburg paper. And on the front of the Virginia Gazette was this big article that week about a man that had dug up a woolly mammoth in their backyard somewhere down in Yorktown. He said, would you want to meet the man that dug up that woolly mammoth? I said, why not? You know, it's, it's crazy enough already. And he said, I'm the guy that dug up the woolly mammoth. I said, no, you're kidding. And then I Googled it, and there he is. <laughs> Professor Trades Cup for Mastodon Bone. Right there, that was him. You see, what this man was really saying to me when he grabbed that paper, and he said, you want to meet the guy? You want to meet the guy that dug up that woolly mammoth? What he's really saying is this. Do you want to meet someone significant? If there was someone on the front page of the paper, you'd want to meet them, wouldn't you? If there was someone that starred in a movie, you'd want to meet them, wouldn't you? Do you want to meet someone significant? This is the, off, this is the offer that the shepherds receive. They receive an offer to meet someone significant. It's right here in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, And the angel said to them, said to the shepherds, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Translation, would you shepherds like to meet someone significant? Here's how significant this person is. He's the Savior who doesn't need saving in their life? 
Saving from a hurtful habit or hang-up or addiction. Saving from a relationship that's been destructive or abusive for a long time. Saving from our own selfishness and desires that lead us astray. Who doesn't need some saving in their life? The angels then say, he's not just the Savior, he's the Christ. The word Christ would mean a lot in this context here. The word Christ is the Hebrew word for anointed one. It was an image of what they would do for the kings in Israel. They would anoint them with oil. Instead of placing a crown on their head, they would put oil on their head, and that was the sign and the symbol of a new king. This small country, Israel, they had kings, and then they had foreign kings come in and take over. And for centuries, they were waiting for a king to come again in the line of their ultimate king, King David, to rule and reign over Israel, to restore their kingdom once again. The angels say, this king, this king of all kings, the ultimate king, the one people have been waiting centuries upon centuries for, this Christ, he has come. And finally, it's not just a savior who is Christ. The angels say that he is the Lord, That God himself, that's the identity of this king. It's not a human king. God himself has come to be the king. What an invitation that is. It's an invitation not to meet the one who discovered the woolly mammoth. It's an invitation invitation to meet the one who created the woolly mammoth. It's an invitation to meet the one who created you, who created me. The angels looked at those shepherds and said, do you want to meet someone significant? Tim Keller has a book that came out this fall about Christmas. I read through it just to get my mind thinking Christmas, even back in October. It was a wonderful book. It's called Hidden Christmas, and this was one of my favorite quotes in the whole book. He writes this. Go through the history of philosophy. They are always arguing what is more ultimate, the absolute or the particular, the one or the many, the ideal and eternal, or the real and concrete. Is Plato right or Aristotle? But the doctrine of the incarnation breaks through those binaries and categories. Emmanuel, God with us, means the ideal has become real. The absolute has become a particular and the invisible has become visible. The incarnation is the universe sundering, history-altering, life-transforming, paradigm-shattering event of history. The incarnation is a fancy word for God becoming flesh. The angel's announcement, there's a Savior. He's Christ, the King. And the identity of that Christ, King, and Savior is God himself. And this means that the shepherd's invitation is actually to meet someone more than significant. The shepherd's invitation is to meet someone who has defined what significance is at its core. This is why our story starts against the backdrop of the most significant person in the known world at the time. 
Caesar Augustus. It starts with the most powerful man that anyone could imagine, the Caesar, the emperor of the, Ro of the Roman Empire. And where the story ends is with the angels inviting these shepherds to go visit a baby in a manger. They say, this is the sign. There'll be a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. You go from Caesar to the sign of the baby, all to point that this is someone more than significant. This is the person who actually defines what significance is, who shatters all paradigms of significance. This is why a heavenly army announces his birth and announces a new reign of peace. Sometime you heard it in the song that Tommy sang right before this message. Let all mortal flesh keep silence. There's a line in there that sounds very poetic, but to our 21st century ears, many of us don't catch the language. It says, rank on rank, the host of heaven spreads its vanguard on the way. You see in the story, there's a great company of the heavenly host that appears with the solitary angel and sings, glorify, sings glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. And the word host of heaven is not something we use very often, but it's a term that means army. A host is an army, an army of angels. In the song we sang, rank on rank, rank after rank after rank of military army of angels comes to spread the vanguard. Vanguard means new, different, a new way of being, a new way of living. Someone is on the vanguard of technology. They're out in front. They're doing things differently. Rank on rank, the host of heaven spreads its vanguard on the way. An army that's now announcing peace, a new way to live. And so my question for all of us this evening is this. Do you want to meet someone significant? Do you want to meet someone more than significant? The one who defines significance himself. If so, my suggestion would be this. Let the shepherd's response be your response. The shepherd's response is found in Luke 2, verses 15 and 16. I'll read those verses, verses for us again. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. I love the, this, this word combination in these verses that describes the shepherd's response. It says, they went with haste and found. I love that. They went with haste and found. You see, the shepherds, they didn't wait for all of their questions to be answered. Isn't that interesting? It says, let us go to Bethlehem. And this is what it actually says, that they go to Bethlehem to simply see this thing that has happened. They can't even describe it. They're not even sure what it was. They just go, we got to go and see this thing. They don't wait for their questions to be answered. They go with haste and they find. They didn't consider their reputation 
See, shepherds in that time, they were on a, a list. It was a list you didn't want to be on. It was a list of people who were not trustworthy enough to even testify in a court of law. The list included gamblers, tax collectors, and shepherds. They weren't allowed to testify, even if they were eyewitnesses to a crime. They could have said, well, nobody's going to want a bunch of shepherds to show up. Nobody's going to want shepherds to be a part of this great moment in history. Same way so many of us fail to come to the Christ child. We think nobody's going to want me there. God's not going to want me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the shame and the guilt that I walk around with, the sin that I've been a part of. The shepherds, they say, they obey the angel's invitation. They say, regardless of our questions, regardless of our reputation, regardless of the guilt and shame that we have, we are going to go. And while they don't wait for their questions to be answered and they don't consider their reputation, what they do is they redefine their priorities. And they let the one who defines significance define them. They let what he sees in their life define who they are. That they could actually be, through faith, children of the Most High God. We've been in a series as a chapel family. And if you're just coming tonight on Christmas Eve, let me catch you up to the journey we've been on over the past four weeks. We call, we've called this series The Movement of God. We've been looking at God's movement toward humanity at Christmas and asking, two question, and asking one question and making one statement. The question we're asking is how. How did God move toward humanity at Christmas? And the statement we're making is that he did it. That it actually happened in real time, space, and history. And as we've, as we've asked the how question, we've seen that God has used both older people and younger people in his movement. He's used doubters. He's used believers. He's used kings. And he's used shepherds. But as I come back to the that question tonight, that God moves toward us in Jesus Christ at Christmas, what we see is this. The one who defines significance actually deems you significant. The one who defines significant deems you so significant that he would come to this earth to be your savior, your king, and your Lord. The man who looked like Santa Claus that discovered the woolly mammoth, he invited us to his home in Yorktown and said, come on, you can come, bring your kids. I'll show you the woolly mammoth bones. We never went. Woolly mammoth bones in a garage just didn't seem that cool to me. We took his offer and we said no to it. But this invitation that the angels make to the shepherds, I want to just say, it's an offer that's still on the table for everyone here, for in Luke 2, verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. All people includes you, 
all people includes me. The offer is on the table. Please don't wait. Please don't let your shame or your guilt or I've got I've to get myself right before I go. No, only Jesus can set you right before the Heavenly Father. What you should do, what I hope you do, is redefine your priorities to say whatever else is going on in my life, I will seek after him. I will place my faith in him and watch him transform my life. Do you want to meet someone significant? By grace through faith, you might meet someone more than significant this evening. You might just meet the one who defines significance itself and who deems you so significant. He would be born in a stable, placed in a manger, and shed his blood on a cross to pay the penalty for your sins that we could not pay on our own. I hope we all meet someone significant this Christmas.